the best places to drink and dine with the dead is right here in the City of Angels, Los Angeles. Ghost stories run rapid here in L.A. And surprisingly, they run from the underground. Ooh, uh, nope, it's not the ring. We are doing another haunted Hollywood tour. Um, duh, yes. This time we are doing a haunted Hollywood bar tour. Isn't that exciting? Mm, Hollywood bar tour, yes. Haunted Hollywood bar tour, no. Look, it's going to be fun and we'll hit happy hour, which means we'll have some daylight. Okay. Just as long as you get the first round and the second I see a ghost, I'm out. Deal. Okay, deal. Did I mention there is a haunted tunnel tour included in this episode? We what? Cue intro. LA is world famous for its nightlife. But do us Angelinas know that while we're out in the town, we are literally having spirits with the spirits? If you've always wanted to have drinks with a ghost, LA is definitely your town. Join us on another haunted walking tour of Los Angeles with your girls as we travel from downtown Los Angeles to Midtown and all the way to Hollyweird to take a look inside some of the creepiest places to enjoy happy hour. Tag along as we discover the underground prohibition tunnels in downtown Los Angeles. Rub elbows with the hitchhiker ghost at Eddie's Saloon. Enjoy the Black Dahlia cocktail with the Black Dahlia herself. And hang with the bathroom ghosts in Hollywood? Yeah, we'll go into detail about that later on. We talk about this and much more on episode 30 of Famous Haunted Hollywood Bars. Let's get Holly wasted, if you dare. Hey, boo, hey. Hi. Hey, guys, you heard it in the intro. We're going to take another awesome haunted Hollywood walking tour. And I'm going to do a shot for every bar we enter. Exactly. I'm going to be white girl wasted. <laughs> Are you going to be taking shots with the ghosts? No, absolutely not. <laughs> That's the reason why you're going to be taking the shots. Yes. yes. Guys, we're going to be doing a haunted Hollywood bar tour. Mm. Isn't that great? It's my favorite. <laughs> I'm actually a little shocked that it's taken us this long because we right? love bars. We do. And you love being haunted. <laughs> so why not put two of the best yes. things together and just like go at it. Up now- next, a uh, haunted grilled cheese tour. <laughs> <laughs> haunted food truck oh, tour stop. of Hollywood. Yes. It, if only. You're going to be more involved with the grilled cheese trucks than anything else. Yeah. <laughs> hundred percent. I would, if I could get a grilled cheese, I would see a ghost. That's how much I love them. Immediately, everyone gets like their like money together. I know. <laughs> like, right. Let's make this happen. Look, Can we grill- stream this? Yeah. If the grilled cheese is good enough, then I'm going to do it. You're like, wait, there's cheese with cheese on top of cheese. Yeah. Two kinds of cheese minimum. Minimum. Well, guys, you ready for this? We are going to take a tour. First off. We have to start in this, the furthest place, downtown, Mm -hmm. because there's a lot that is involved with downtown and the underground tunnels that were involved in the Prohibition era. Yes. You know, Prohibition, bars, alcohol. That wildly successful idea. (laughs) And then we're going to make our way all the way over to, you know, Mid-Wilshire area and Mm -hmm. talk about one special bar in particular that is no longer 
open, unfortunately. And then we're going to head on down to Hollywood. Yes. And we are going to get into some really crazy bars. Fair. They're not haunted. It's just in Hollywood. So, you know, it's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) What's not crazy in Hollywood? Yeah. (laughs) Besides these bars. Too real. So in order to begin, guys, we need to go all the way back. We need to go back to downtown. So let's grab your chonklas, Bryce. I will. (laughs) Your purse. And also your fanny packs. Make sure you bring some cash and some cards, guys. Yes. So listen here. According to LAHotel.com, One of the great things about Los Angeles is that it is a city that is rich with culture and history, obviously. Yep. Now, while the city was founded back in 1781, the golden age of downtown really took place during the 1920s. Mm. In the heart of downtown, there was a commercial growth in the finance district, and the area was even known as the Wall Street of the West. At the same time, Hollywood's golden age was taking place and movie studios were popping up around and making, you know, downtown area a buzz with excitement. Mm. Now, coincidentally, while downtown L.A. was experiencing an increase in activity, the country was experiencing prohibition. Bless. Bless. So prohibition was a time in history of the U.S. where there was a nationwide ban on alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) Shocking. I mean... Look, I'm going to try really hard not to get super <laughs> political, but you know, if you've listened to even a minute of any other episode, that I, that is not my strong suit. But let me just say that banning things outright does not work. Nope. I'm sorry. Mm-mm. As prohibition has shown us. Mm-hmm. Looking at you, the Kennedys, but go <laughs> ahead. With an increase in alcoholism, saloon-based political corruption, and family violence, the decision was to ban alcohol so that every day would be Sunday when the town goes dry. Oh, God. Now, of course, with Prohibition came a whole underground bootlegging operation. So downtown L.A. has an interesting history when it comes to Prohibition. Of course. For example, did you know that there is a large system of underground tunnels in downtown Price? I did not actually know that. I oh. love it. Oh, yeah. So during the Prohibition era, get this, the tunnels were used to move around alcohol all over the city without cops finding out. Amazing. Gasp. Now, today, you might be able to explore the former underground system of tunnels used during the Prohibition era on your own. You want to go, Bryce? I mean... (laughs) We could just dip our toe, but here's the thing. You'll have to slip behind the Hall of Records that is located on Temple Street in downtown, and behind the building, look for an elevator that is surprisingly easy to miss, and once you find it, you ride the elevator down into the subterranean passage, where it'll be like stepping back into time. And you'll see a whole bunch of street art, rusted machinery, and a chance to imagine what it was like for bootleggers of yore. Now, officially... Lucky for you, Bryce, these underground tunnels are closed. Love it. To the public. Sure. All right. <laughs> so we don't have to go inside and take a haunted tunnel tour. Great. So don't worry, guys. We're, we're still going to make that happen eventually. <laughs> Dear Eric Garcetti. <laughs> All right, girl. Hold on to your purse. Hold it close since we will be walking on the cusp of Skid Row. Oh, you need to hold it real close. <laughs> I don't have mace, but I brought my chanclas, and it. these heels will make my feet ache. And chanclas are very uh, much a Hispanic's lethal weapon. Real, of course. too real. Boys, now be prepared, guys, to spend ten dollars on a bottle of beer and thirteen to fifteen bucks on cocktail, because uh, we live in a land of overpriced drinks. Mm-hmm. All right, so our first stop is Eddie's saloon one of la's oldest saloons and this is located off of 131 east fifth street so on their website 
King Eddie Saloon boasts that the sublevel bar is part of an enormous network of underground tunnels sprawling the greater part of downtown Los Angeles. So their bar also holds the longest standing liquor license in the city. Wow. Now, back in the 20s and 30s, it was rumored to have sold pianos. And I say that with finger quotes. <laughs> During prohibition with drinkers sneaking in through a tunnel into the basement bootleg speakeasy. And it was also a favorite of bougie novelists such as John Fonte and our favorite dirty old man, Charles Bukowski. Mm. <laughs> of course it was. Drink from the well of yourself and begin again. Quote. Now, King Eddie became a Skid Row legend and may have been inspiration for Fonte's autobiographical Ask the Dust that gave this mm. place the legendary story of, you guessed it, the ghostly hitchhiker. Damn. FYI, the saloon also claims to be the true origin of this often told and famous ghost tale, hmm. the hitchhiker ghost. Now, here's the things. According to legend, one repeat customer has been an inebriated woman who shows up just before closing and asks a male patron for a ride home to the Belvedere or the Velvedar Garden neighborhood in East Los Angeles. Also in another very haunted place. One man who took the bait alleged that he offered her his coat before getting into his car and they passed Evergreen Cemetery. She demanded he pull over where she mysteriously jumps out of the car and disappears into the dark graveyard. This is where the story kind of gets a little weird. Mm. The driver goes out to look for her and his jacket. Of course, he finds that she has completely vanished. And as he's leaving, he notices his jacket is draped over a tombstone bearing the same name as the one the woman gave him. Ew. <laughs> but also, like, 50-50 odds that it's just, like, Bernice from finance, and she is, like, really drunk <laughs> that night. And she's just like, drive me to the Belvedere. And he's like, I couldn't find her after that. But he, like, left her in a graveyard. Like, this bitch is drunk. I'm out. I'm going to say she was a ghost. I'm going to start doing that. When dates go bad, I'm going to tell that it was a ghost. <laughs> she was just white girl drunk. Yeah. <laughs> That's it's what not, it was. It's not his fault. No, no. Hilarious. It was Rosé's fault. That's really creepy, though. Yeah, isn't it really, really insane? Especially, like, something a little, mm, what's the word, like, calculated about, like, a ghost draping the coat over mm -hmm. as opposed to, like, on the ground or, like, crumpled or just, right. like, let, like, oh, it was draped on the tombstone. Ew. With her name on it. Gross. Bernice from Finance. Bernice, no. <laughs> now, the Eddie Saloon is a hipper place now filled uh, filled with hipsters, mm -hmm. but they couldn't get to erase the dark past of the neighborhood hotel, a.k.a. the Cecil. Soon after that opening. Old so I know. <laughs> one of the guests, Benjamin E. Smith, who we covered in our episode mm -hmm. two of the hotel, committed suicide in his room in the Cecil after a three-day binge, taking an ounce of laudanum before writing a suicide letter that read, Minnie, you killed me. Oh, Ben. Now, here's the other paranormal aftermath. Workers and patrons have mentioned unusual activity at times where people feel cold spots in certain areas of the bar. Chairs move on their own, and there is a spirit of a man who would be, you know, sitting at the end of the bar. The bartenders would ask him what he would want to drink, and as they approach him, he just disappears into thin air. Could it, <laughs> could it be the spirit of Benjamin J. Smith? Now Yo, the, Lush. I know. Now, the basement that leads to the tunnels 
nope, that's where a lot of crazy stuff happens nope, too. <laughs> nope, nope. Some workers have reported what sounds like knocking and people talking downstairs. And when they would go to investigate, no one is around the basement. It's completely empty. Prohibition ghosts are probably still trying to sneak that hooch in. You never know. Damn. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. We're going to walk out of the Eddie Saloon. Sprint out, we're yes. Gonna, <laughs> we're going to power walk past the Haunted Palace Theater. Bryce, don't look. It's okay. I, I won't. Let's shuffle on over to the infamous Alexandria Hotel. Yes. One of the most haunted hotels in LA. And one of the hotels we're going to cover very soon in our famous Haunted Hollywood Hotels segment now inside the hotel is a bar and it's called the wolves now which is a major time warp into the 30s and 40s guys it's every instagrammer's dream to go in and take pictures of this bar love it go if you ever visit it's worth it guys it's located off of 501 south spring now the alexandria hotel is considered to be one of the most haunted buildings in los angeles so it's a little surprised that the bar and its base also has its share of ghost stories mm. now there have been reports of a woman in black who has been seen walking along the hallways no, of the hotel <laughs> as a recent patron of the woman in black that will be a hard no for me <laughs> She'll appear and vanish before your eyes. Now, the bar has a lot of activity, so much activity, that it has been known to scare bar workers and other patrons Damn. away, except for one particular worker. So one bouncer told Gula, or Ghoul LA, which is Ghost Hunters of Urban Los Angeles, that even though there are many ghosts upstairs, the real crazy stuff happens down here. He recalled at a time when he watched a row of drinking glasses flip over by themselves, one after another. Unlike the apparitions upstairs, the paranormal activity here seems to be very poltergeistous. Ooh. Yeah, in nature, where objects and sometimes people moved no about oh my god no <laughs> maybe they're trying to move the lushes that have passed out on the bar out into the alley if i ever got moved by a poltergeist you could not console me <laughs> first of all i don't like being manhandled anyway no no me okay. <laughs> that's very interesting so do you happen to know like what would a slight divergence yeah. um what would be like a reasoning behind why one area would be more poltergeist-like in nature and another area would be more like apparitions? Is that just probably because of like who died where or do you have any like reasoning behind that? I just find that very interesting. Well, I was told by a investigator and researcher that activities happen when it comes to spirits and poltergeists, mm -hmm. that it happens in the highest and lowest of places. Oh. So this bar is technically the base level of the right. hotel. Wow. And it, you know, like in the King Eddie Saloon mm -hmm. or the Eddie Saloon, there's a lot of activity in the basement that also is connected to the tunnels. Interesting. So maybe there's a secret tunnel in that basement. Who knows? Maybe whoever used to drink in that bar and whatever mm. crime or fights or whatever happened back in the day is still absorbed into sure. that earth. Yes. There. We've talked about that many times. But oh, yeah. Yes. I just find that so fascinating that like, sorry, I wasn't trying to like. Put no, no. Quiz time with Tammy. <laughs> Thank you. Come uh, at me, Bryce. Come yeah, at me. Open the suitcase. What's inside? Um, <laughs> You're yeah, girl. Um, no, I just find that very fascinating that like one area is experiencing like this type right. of 
activity and mm-hmm. energy and then another area is like a completely different like I love that quote of like well upstairs it's like this but down here it's like poltergeist yeah love that mm-hmm. we went to Heritage Square mm-hmm. when we were investigating one of the homes there we kept on picking up more activity by the attic whoa and, and there was this hallway by the attic it was like the entrance to the attic and we would pick up constant like EVPs and cold spots and one of my friends, Callie, mm. you remember? Hey, girl. Hey. Um, she mentioned, well, yeah, you know, they are attracted to the highest and lowest of places. I'm like, oh, my God, that's so funny that you said yeah. that because another investigator told me the same thing, too. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. In a weird little way. Okay, mm-hmm. sorry. Just slight divergence. And if anyone has, you know, any other, you know, input on it, mm-hmm. please email us. So moving forward. Mm-hmm. All right. So this, always learning. <laughs> this hotel is one we'll definitely definitely cover in the future yes. because the history of it, along with its haunted history, is insane. Yes. All right. Ready? Feeling okay? Ish. Ish. Okay. <laughs> we'll walk off this little buzz past Pershing Square. Yes. Guys, I love don't Pershing feed, Square. Just don't feed the pigeons. That's the real ghost. Don't. (laughs) They will follow you for the rest of your life. Yes. Now we make our way to the bougie and the famous Biltmore Hotel Bar. Swanky. And and they have a bar called The Gallery. Now this hotel is located off of 506 South Grand Avenue. Now admire the beautiful decor. Now when the Biltmore Hotel opened in 1923, it was the largest hotel west of the Mississippi. Five years later, they expanded and built the world's largest ballroom it was even the location for the earlier oscar celebration ceremonies Hmm. now everything about this place is big and ornate from the repeating angel motif carved into the moldings to represent los angeles of course to the hotel's nautically themed health club and indoor pool which was modeled after the decks of the famously haunted queen mary oof even the ghost stories are numerous and bigger than life. It's like if the Alexandria and the Biltmore and the Cecil were to be in a competition with each other, Biltmore will be on top. Love it. This one will definitely cover soon, guys. Most famously, the ghost of legendary murder victim Elizabeth Short, better Whoa. known as the Black Dahlia, Whoa. has been seen here wearing a black dress throughout the lobby, elevators, and halls of the famous hotel. The bar is said to be the last public place that she was seen alive. It's been reported. Damn. Yeah, we even mentioned that too in the yes. Cecil Hotel episode. Yes, we did. Episode two. Doing uh, our due diligence. Mm-hmm. Now there is also the ghost of a lost little girl that has been seen in the lobby who vanishes into thin air when, when staff approach her to help. Additionally, there is a man in a tuxedo that has been seen by bartenders in the gallery bar. Now, over the years, but only in the reflection of one of the many mirrors that are in the bar room. Now, when workers and other patrons look at the actual part of the room where he should be standing or sitting, there is no one there. Blurg. Yeah. But when they look back at the mirror, there he is again. No. So they catch... His reflection on the mirror, and they're like, oh, there's someone sitting next to me. I can see it on the mirror. But when they turn around, he's not there. Reverse vampire. No. (laughs) Also, you know, here's another tidbit. You know, why mirrors? Because spirits tend to communicate or can be trapped in mirrors. Mm. Mm -hmm. They hold a lot of energy as well. Hmm. 
as we talked about in our Myrtle's Plantation tour. I would like to say that I'll never look at a mirror again, but I am <laughs> far too vain for that. Like, if I'm like a parakeet. If there is a reflective <laughs> surface, like, there she is doing her face. Like, mm-mm. Great, I'm going to get haunted now. Oof. Well, either way, the Opulent Gallery Bar offers the Black Dahlia Cocktail. Amazing. And it's delicious. We're going to order two right now. You ready? Slurp up. Oh, yeah. So what's included in this famous cocktail of theirs is vodka, Chambard, uh, black raspberry liqueur, and Kahlua. Oh, my God. (laughs) You don't come back from that. (laughs) Top with a black cherry. So take a sip and then look around for something more heavenly. Maybe the Biltmore Angel is everywhere watching just what you're up to. Or maybe it's the Black Dahlia. Who knows? Mm. All right, guys. We're going to um, grab a lift right now and head on over to Midtown. Always remember, booze, never drink and drive. Get a lift or Uber. Or just call Bryce so he can carry you over to the next place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bryce without his car. <laughs> and now here's a little promo from our homegirls over at the Cult of Domesticity. Because traffic will be a bish. So we'll be with you guys shortly. Do you love true crime, history, and mysterious happenings? Every week on The Cult of Domesticity, a guest and I discuss a different historical happening, a true crime story, or whatever strikes our fancy. Join me, Courtney, every Thursday to hear some fascinating tales from some fascinating people wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, guys, let's stretch as we prep our livers and bladders <laughs> for this special Irish gem located in 840 South Fairfax, yes. the Tim Burgeon's Tavern. Aww. Yeah, so it's been fashioned with shamrocks honoring the top drinkers. This famous Irish bar was said to be the first place to serve Irish coffee Aww. and was probably the inspiration for, you guessed it, the hit TV series, Cheers. And it's an internal home for some of its regulars, too. An elderly lady passed away quietly one night at her regular seat here, and it was marked by a plaque until recent renovations. And even the late Tom Burgeon himself is still a regular. Wow. In the afterlife, now people smell his cigarette smoke at his favorite booth, and many night cleaning crews have split when they saw his ghost sitting by the fireplace. That is a smart decision, cleaning crew. (laughs) And they even say that the flickering neon sign outside is his way of saying, come in for a drink. Now, the figure of a woman has been known to walk through the bar area only to vanish moments later. And some claim that the woman may be connected to Burgeon somehow. And she may be also responsible for the mischievous movement of objects late at night when the customers have, you know, left and the cleaning crew comes in. Mm. Or some people claim it could be a third ghost. If all this seems too disturbing, take comfort in the knowledge that there are no leprechauns running around the bar. Uh Or are there? Hmm. Unfortunately, we can't go in, guys, since they just officially closed its door last January. They had closed in, like, they originally closed in 2013. Mm -hmm. And then, this is so amazing, the community got together and had it reopened. And then... (sighs) Those little drunks. I know. (laughs) Reopen our bar. Reopen our bar. So they opened it again. They saved it. And then five years later, 
it had to be closed permanently. It's a dog eat dog world, y'all. Yeah, I mean, like every historical gem in the city, it gets torn down to build more unaffordable housing. Mm. And that's something that I cannot stand about Hollywood and, and, and the other areas. It's mm. like there are these beautiful historical buildings and gems. And because the city, I mean, some of these locations, the city um, protects it because it is mm. a historical landmark. So these commercial real estate developers find a way to build around it and above it. Mm -hmm. For example, the Shops of America is located off of Sunset Boulevard mm -hmm. and it's famous for its windmill. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's a historically, you know, beautiful area there. It's like a, this little strip mall that was built in the 30s and 40s. And a commercial developer somehow managed to buy it. And now they're mm. building expensive condos above it. Yes, that is the trend. Yeah. Housing crises are really fun. They are, especially in the city. Mm -hmm. It's very expensive, guys. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you. All right, guys, let's grab another lift and head on over to, you guessed it, Hollywood. We're saving the best for last, guys. Now, our next stop in Hollyweird is the famous and odd Jane's House, <laughs> which is located at 6541 Hollywood Boulevard. Classic. Mm -hmm. Now, it was built back in 1903 when similar Victorian homes lined the boulevard, which was then called Prospect Avenue. But Jane's House is now the last remaining residential house along this heavily commercialized street it's a beautiful little two-story queen anne dutch colonial revival home with shingled gables and fancy full turrets now beginning in 1911 jane's house was a family-run school the mrs jane school of hollywood <laughs> and its broad front yard was filled with children of film industry vips mary ruth jane's and her three daughters ran the well-respected school which offered education from kindergarten all the way through eighth grade Classes were often taught in the home's shady backyard, and the school attracted the children of early Hollywood celebrities, such as our favorite guy, Charlie Chaplin. Ooh, Douglas, all 42 of his children. <laughs> Douglas Fairbanks, Cecil B. DeMille, Noah Barry, Jesse Lasky, and the Chandler family who own the Los Angeles Times. Damn. And in 1926, the school fell on hard times, and so did the Jane sisters, and they were forced to close their school. As Hollywood Boulevard grew and eventually decayed around the charming little home, the Proud sisters were forced to rent their large front yard as a parking lot. Because there's never any parking Hollywood, of course. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's where the, the real money is. Too real. And to lease space there to a flower vendor. Now, the home eventually fell into despair along with the rest of the old Hollywood Boulevard. And the last of the Jane sisters, Carrie Bell, died in 1982. Aww. But fortunately, though, through the efforts of Guy Miller, a young man whom the sisters had taken in during the 70s, their home was saved and restored to its former glory. Now, today, the cottage is stuck in the back of a modest, modern mini mall sure. <laughs> called, you know, uh, you know, appropriately enough, Jane's Square. Oh. But at least it's been spared the wrecking ball. It is also or was also currently um, a regular, uh, a part of the MTV reality series, The Heels. Mm. Another one of our guilty pleasures. Lover Lauren Conrad, all right. I know. I really <laughs> wish I was better, but I'm I'm not. I love <laughs> I love the hills. Like, do not get me started. No, I used to frequent there when I first moved to WeHo. I was dating like a club promoter that promoted Hilarious. for um, Jane's house and Ledoux, and those were like oh the my god, yes. you remember Ledoux? Yes. <laughs> oh my god. 
And now it was called La Don't because of like mm-hmm. the massive covers. But fortunately, I was dating this club promoter and I didn't have to pay to get in nice. or pay for anything. That was the coolest part. The only like sour part was like my bladder. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, it was a cool place and I always felt a good vibe there. But I found out through friends that used to work there and frequent there that it's actually pretty haunted. Mm-hmm. Haunted as fuck. So one of my friends, get this, used to work at the bar. He was a bar back back in 2011 for Jane's house. So Damn. he worked there for a year and said that the second floor is crazy. And he is not talking about the living, getting drunk in that second floor that would frequent it during the club hours. So his story starts um, three weeks into working. Oh, bless. So three weeks into working, workers started telling him of stories linked to the second floor. Mm. So they started saying, yeah, the second floor is really haunted. Something really negative and dark is up there. And at first he thought, okay, you know, new guy, let's scare him. Um, Let's start creating all these stories. Let's just fill his head with nonsense. But he started noticing that the stories were very similar. Mm -hmm. And some of the workers didn't want to like get in, like get too much into the stories. So there have been times, according to him, from what he heard, there have been times where workers would see um, shadow people and a tall, dark shadow figure on the second floor. No. Whenever they would see this tall, dark figure, they felt anger and fear. He would appear and then disappear. Mm-mm. There has to be more than one person closing the second floor. And of course, he's like, of course, like it's protocol. You mm. need more than one person closing, you know, upstairs. Like the workers, low-key, just don't want to be upstairs by themselves wow yes so um they would always tell him like look it feels like someone's watching you on the second floor when i'm closing you know i would see something move in the corner of my eye i would see something standing in the corner of the room and it's really tall and it's really dark and when i would look it would you know you know not be there but it was like this heavy sense of being watched let me do my job (laughs) i already hate closing so my friend's story, his personal story, started on a Thursday night. So him and three bartenders are doing their end of day duties, and um, he's working in the downstairs bar. So mm-hmm. it's him and two other fellas downstairs, and there are two more bartenders that were upstairs closing. And um, he notices that the two guys come downstairs. They gather their bearings, and um, they start to close up the bar, and they gather their bearings, and then. As um, they were opening the door to leave, they hear what sounds like a loud thud on the second floor. And they kind of stopped and they gave each other this look like, what is that? And then they heard footsteps. No. And all of them were like, is there someone upstairs? Mm-hmm. Like, it sounds like someone is upstairs. Did someone like stay behind? Did they pass out behind? Like, did they pass out in one of the booths? Mm-hmm. So the two bartenders go upstairs to check. And then the two others from the downstairs bar, they go and join them. And my friend is just like standing there like he's just anticipating for the worst case scenario Mm -hmm. to happen. So they do a mad sweep on the second level. They find nothing. And they find no one. Mm -mm. And they come downstairs and they're just like, we cannot figure out like what was behind all that. Mm -mm. So they end up leaving and closing, and from that day on, he like he just kind of refused to go there mm-hmm. by himself. He was like, if I needed to work in the second level, like when they needed help during mm-hmm. the busy nights, like I just it was just like in and out. 
Now, the bar and restaurant are still there, but they are only in use for private parties and events. Now, we also have a mutual friend who um, who went to school with us. We're going to call him Dave. Sure. Um, I'm going to tell you I'm going to tell you his name later. Okay. But we can't yeah, say yeah. it. I tried to get him to share his story about a night that he spent partying at Jane's house on our podcast. And I'm not even kidding. I messaged him and I received this message in response from him that read, oh, I'd rather not bring any attention to that place. I know. So long story short, this is from our little friend. And um, so I guess he had a friend or a roommate that worked at the bar mm-hmm. or always attended the bar. So his friend would tell him about these paranormal occurrences that would occur in the second level. So he invites our friend, we're going to call him Dave, to Jane's house. And he has him spend some time in the second floor. So Dave said, yeah, you know, I hung out. I kind of had a bad vibe on the mm. second level. He's a bit sensitive, so he's like, I just kind of like brushed it off. I go home, and I think whatever was on that second level followed me home. Is he living in student housing? Was he? No, this was years and years ago. So this was back in 2000. He said it was 2011 or 2012 because they closed it down in 2013 to the public. So he says that, um, you know, based on what he told me before. Mm Mm-hmm. So he tells me that um, the next day he starts to experience some strange activity and it started really light. So I remember him telling me that he started to feel, you know, very emotional. And then he started to experience really bad dreams that followed that were followed by weird odors. You know, he started. Yeah. And then he started to hear weird voices at night. And. It got so bad that one night he woke up and he saw this. I'm not kidding. No. Are you ready? I'm going to die. Okay. He saw a very tall, dark, shadowy figure at the foot of his bed. Go to church. You got to go to church because you're, right. you're going to get possessed. Well, it led him to see the seek the counsel of a priest because he is Catholic. So he goes to his church. He speaks with a priest. The the priest comes to his apartment to do a blessing to do a low-key exorcism Mm -hmm. and after that everything ceased Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah he him i remember him telling me the story like two or three years ago and he was genuinely like really scared there were like times where he, he had a tough time trying to finish it we have to pause i have to know who this is okay Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You saw. <laughs> Not that it matters who it was, but I'm just a curious little fox. I have to know these things. Yes, you know. I, I, but um, yeah, he. I remember him telling me this story like a couple years ago, and I reached out to him, and I was like, "Hey, can you come by my my shop and mm-hmm. um, we can you know record you saying the story, the exact same story you told me?" And he was like, "I'd rather not." Is it weird that that like validates it? To me, like, not that anyone has to prove anything to me because, like, right. my opinion doesn't matter in that way. I get it. But, like, <laughs> for someone to be so, like, altered that they can't, like, speak about it, at the very least, 
you know that they genuinely believe what happened. Whether or not you can, like, ascribe any other truth to it, who knows? Because, like, all of our experiences are subjective, probably. But, like, for someone to be that shaken and, like, no, I can't, like, I can't talk about it. Yeah. Oh, damn. Like, whatever you went through happened. Right. Shook. Very shooketh. Shooketh. Yeah, because uh, what sparked that conversation, you know, I was telling him that we were flirting with the idea at the time of starting a paranormal podcast. Mm. And I was big into the paranormal, and that's when he started opening up about his story. Wow. But, yeah, I just remembered the pauses that he had to make. Like, it was just, like, yeah, this happened, and this is the result, you know? Damn. Yeah, it was pretty scary. So I can understand and see why, like, you didn't want to proceed, like, move forward with it. Something following you home seems particularly traumatic. Yeah. Like, you didn't just experience something at, like, a neutral location like a bar. Mm-hmm. Now it's, like, in your home. If you listen to, like, our episode that we had with sweet Katie McFarland. Yeah. Like... No, seeing something in your living quarters like that is no good. Mm-hmm. It's no bueno. Too close. Very too close to home. Mm-mm. And yes, guys, we're going to be doing a part two of Is Our Job Haunted? Oh my God, stop. Because I found out through other students that it's still happening. Gasp. Yeah. Double gasp. Like, get that and exorcism. There's more pictures that surface. Oh my God. Oh, yeah. Stop. <laughs> okay. All right, guys, so we're going to start walking on over just down the street, just a little walk, to the Pig and Whistle. Oh, I love the Pig and Whistle. Yeah, it's off of 6714 Hollywood Boulevard. They have some pretty awesome bacon-wrapped dates. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's just down the street, girl. So on your right is the Playboy store. You can get, you know, some awesome vibrators, lube, and maybe some edible underwear. (laughs) Tempting. That does seem tempting. I know, the shopping is fabulous over there. Now, according to... Gula or Gula LA. Um, the Pig and Whistle is located at the Egyptian Theater, which was closed in 1952, mm-hmm. was gutted, and anything remaining was damaged by uh, fire. Now, luckily, however, most of its hand-carved seating and fixtures were rescued from the trash, finding their way around the corner to a new home in the haunted, yes, Italian restaurant of Miscelli's. I love that place so much. And it's very haunted. I know. <laughs> Because the first time I went there, tiny little tidbit, I used to live right around the corner and we used to go there all the time. And the first time I went there, they were like, this is actually the most haunted booth and you're sitting in the most haunted seat. And I made them move us. I was like, you need to move us immediately. Mm -hmm." Well, did you feel anything? You're like. (laughs) I just was hungry. So like I was waiting for my pizza, (laughs) but I did make them move us. They were like doing it as like a isn't this amazing like you got so lucky you got like the most haunted table and like you're in the most haunted seat and i was like i'll be taking my pizza in a different location thank you (laughs) yeah real subtle I was being haunted by my hunger. Oh, for real. That ghost always follows me. <laughs> Once again, Hollywood's pig and whistle arose from the ashes back to its former glory like a, the mythical phoenix. Just as, just as the idea of this whimsical restaurant chain itself, it was born out of the ashes of San Francisco. However, it also seems strangely appropriate that this location's most popular ghost story was also born out of the ashes. The legend that has been passed down through employees is that the ladies room and more specifically maybe a painting in the ladies room is said to be haunted by a woman who lost her young daughter in that fire in the 50s 
Now in death, her spirit comes back apparently searching for her little lost daughter. Aww. And according to legend, any living little girls that, you know, wander into the bathroom without adult supervision claim they see a strange woman Ugh. who reaches out and tries to touch them, like perhaps longing to embrace the little children, the little girls, Oof. as if she's trying to embrace her child that she lost. Now, when the scared children escape and tell someone, the adults go back into the bathroom with them and no woman is ever found. Dun, dun, dun. Mm -mm, mm -mm. So that's according to legend. No embracing, please. Thank you. <laughs> Additionally, the bar staff has told Gula that there are strange noises late at night, a dark shadowy figure in the basement Yes, they have more basements. And one chandelier that swings by itself Ew. while the other chandeliers still remain, you know, still. Yeah. Yeah. Now, lastly, shortly after the pig and whistle reopened, because at one point it was closed and then they reopened it again, it was reported that the owner, Chris Bread, took a nap in the back late one night and was awoken by a ghostly pipe organ. Oh, no. Yeah, it was like organ music coming from the restaurant's newly renovated yet empty main room where the long gone pig and whistle pipe organ once entertained patrons back in the day no 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 <laughs> so yeah that th that is the strange happenings of the pig and whistle now we're going to walk further down to Bordner's. This is a really cool place. It's located off of 652 North Cherokee Avenue. So you guys are going to cross the street. Be careful. Keep your eyes peeled, not only for distracted drivers, but also for those damn bird scooters. Mm. just like everywhere. Mm -mm. I can't stand them. Mm -hmm. According to our friends at Gula, Bordner's opened up in 1942. This address had served as a bar for at least a decade before making it one of the last great bars of Hollywood's golden era. And as such, it is often used as a film location to evoke that era. Mm. It was used in Tim Burton's Ed Wood. Now, most people know of Borners because of its associated um, association with the infamous Black Dahlia. Sure. Yeah, and her murder case. So while the Black Dahlia, a.k.a. Elizabeth Short, was living in Hollywood, one block away from Bordner's, she frequented this establishment. Her drink of preference was supposedly a, just a beer. And incidentally, the moniker, the Black Dahlia, is a reference to, of course, a popular movie of that time, The Blue Dahlia, mm -hmm. which was written by another supposed Bordner's regular, Raymond Chandler. So hmm. there was this like this weird connection there with Bordner's with um, Elizabeth Short and Raymond Chandler. Creepy. Now, could the dark presence witnesses feel in the tiny ladies room at the far end of the building be the tragic spirit of Elizabeth Short? Does she haunt her old haunt? As some believe, I would hate to come back as a ghost and haunt a ladies restroom, especially yeah. one in Hollywood. Oh, girl, you do not. Yeah, you don't, you don't, that's purgatory. It's like, you even have a small bladder in the afterlife. Yeah. That The number not. of times I've had to like drag my friends out of ladies restrooms, like <laughs> get out. I will crawl under that stall. I've had to do that. Oh, so many times. Friends. And you're like, oh my God, if I have to touch this floor one more time, get up off the floor. Like, mm -mm. it's not cute. I don't want to do that as a ghost. Like I want to be at an all you can eat buffet as a ghost. Right. I want to be in Tahiti as a ghost. Ooh, I like right? that. That's mm -hmm. nice. It's going to be so I tan. Know. I know. And 
Ghost tan. Oh, ghost tan. Ooh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was a ghost, but damn, look at that tan. Mm. Mm. Glowing. Although the bar is most known for its haunted bathroom, Bordner's website even boasts about it, as yeah. well as odd electrical disturbances that is an additional ghost that resides on the premises. Or it could be ju- just to, you know, poor wiring. Yeah, oh, pay oh, your yes. electric bill. Yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. Now, there is a room that runs parallel to the bar on the other side of the north wall, accessed through the courtyard known as B-52 Club a reference to the bar that occupied this address before Bordner's and home to Bar Sinister, which is... Oh, my God. Yeah, you know which one that is. Just have an FYI to our little goths out there. Love y'all. Or E-Girls, LA's best goth club. I dated a guy that was into that scene. One of my... The thing with Bar Sinister is that it is the (laughs) whole spectrum. So you can, like, go and experience, like, Hot Topic goth, like, really g-rated like calm Mm -hmm. and then you can experience like the other end of that spectrum which is like industrial mm -hmm. dark and i you know again no judgment on that no i'm just such like a little white bread boob me too that like when i white bread when i see that i'm just like oh damn like y'all are really (laughs) doing it like some of those rooms in bar sinister i'm like "Um." they're interesting i remember he invited me out to it was to that bar that was mm. our first place we hit and there's another one in la that's called um bunker and i remember when we first when i first went there like the first thing he tells me is do you have like black clothes that you could wear and second do you have black boots i asked him why he's like you'll just need to wear like mm-hmm. some good black boots went there it's all why Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have a unique way of dancing. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I liked it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We didn't survive that relationship. Sure. That's fair. It's like three bars later. That was it. <laughs> Hilarious. My one roommate, she has been to Bar Sinister many times, and she always says that she loves going there because goths give the best compliments. They're like actual compliments, not like creepy, skeevy no, compliments. They're like, really nice. Yeah. And like, I, I always have fun going I'm there. I'm going to mess the like wording up, but <laughs> she was like wearing this. She has this like, really beautiful like red and black lace like corset. And she was like walking by and this man like reached out and like stopped her and was just like staring at her. And she started to get creepy and he just went exquisite. <laughs> and that was it. And she was like, I've never been so flattered. I was like, okay, <laughs> calm down. True, true. But she's like, they like the way they compliment you. You feel like you're being complimented, not like harassed. Like they nice really, no, they really something. dress. Yeah. There's some, oh yeah. Like there's like I know there's different styles of goth. Like there's yes. the industrial one with the dreads and everything mm-hmm. and the masks. That looks cool. Mm-hmm. That's really fun to see. And then um, there are some that were like be old school goths mm-hmm. and they had like the black coats the crazy black hair and like the men's makeup were f- like it was actually pretty flawless mm-hmm. like you do your eyeliner better than i do girl. yeah real and then you, you had the other ones that were like they're kind of like interview with a vampire-esque bless where i see a man with a top hat you know you know his like little brom stoker glasses Oof. and his like great Garrett walking coat and I'm like wow like some of them really do go all out yeah here. I'm just really not cool enough like <laughs> that I just think in general like we can err on that side for most situations yeah. but like I see that and I'm like damn y'all have really put some effort in like respect because mm-hmm. I can barely match my pants to my shirt like <laughs> no 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 
Now inside the large loft-like space, generally only open during special events, there's a long stairway that goes to an upstairs office. And employees late at night have claimed to see a ghostly man at the top of those stairs or have heard phantom footsteps walking up those steps. Now, the identity of this male spirit is unknown, but just as with the Dahlia, there are some likely suspects. Obviously, Steve Bordner, the bar's namesake, is one suspect since he spent many hours in that room using it both as an office and a place for him and his friends to play poker into the wee hours of the morning. Secondly, it is said that for a period there was a bed in that room and and that the then owner allowed a homeless man to sleep there during the hours that the business was closed. And according to this story, one morning it was discovered that he had died in his sleep sometime during the night before. Interestingly, the historic haunted Maselli's restaurant, a block away, has had an identical story of a homeless man dying in in his sleep. Incidentally, Bordner's and Carmen Maselli were close friends with signs in each of their establishments. So they were like buddies. They were like, they had a big bromance. They like cross advertise Mm. for each other. Now, um, these signs would point patrons to each other's establishments and Bordner's gave Maselli the money to open his restaurant back when Maselli was a busboy at the famous yet haunted nightclub, Zero's. Oh, my God. (laughs) Now, the leading contender for the ghost's identity, however, is that of Kurt Ritker, who purchased Bordner's from Steve Bordner in 1980, along Mm. with his partner, Dave Hadley, and was co-owner of this landmark until he had a heart attack while inside Bordner's while sitting at the bar in 1997. Twitching, twitching. There you go. So next time you go to Bordner's, Bryce, just don't sit like where he sat. Girl, you know I don't (laughs) go over the hill. Come on. I do not go over the hill. (laughs) Hail. Although, I will have you know, I went out to West Hollywood thrice times this week. <laughs> Congratulations. I, am like, I know. I am like a 20-year-old club girl now. I'm like really doing it. <laughs> I'm very proud of you. I'm honestly so Because I've seen it on your Instagram. I know. <laughs> but like, it rocked me. I was like, why am I still awake? I was up till midnight three times. I'm really impressed. I know. I probably need to like hibernate for the next six months. I'm but, so like, glad that you documented it on your Instagram. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> you follow Bryce. Where? Yeah. At Smirking Assassin. The Smirking Assassin. <laughs> Great. That's how I, um, please don't be a stalker or a serial killer. <laughs> but if you're nice and cool, then I suppose you can see me be you're really stupid. Yeah. Watch. You're going to get a message. Exquisite. Oh, my God. <laughs> no. They're going to be like, oh, bland beige crayon. Accurate. Thank you. <laughs> All right, guys, it's our final stop. Let's cross the street again on over to the famous Cat and Fiddle, which is now called, unfortunately, it's called Hearth and Hound. Cat and Fiddle was really cool, and they... It was another one that, like, it it closed, it it opened, it tried to fight back, it it just could not do it. Yeah, I saved the best one for last, because I really liked the Cat and Fiddle. I too. So it's now a bougie place called Hearth and Hound. It's located off of 742 North Highland Avenue. Now, over the decades, the space that the Cat and Fiddle pub had occupied has been home to many restaurants, including a commissary for a nearby studio and the famous Wuling's Mandarin Shanghai-style restaurant, where one could have, you know, the undisputed best 
Peking Duck in town while listening to Mr. Tahiti tickle the ivories at the piano bar. Now, the apparition of a well-dressed man has been seen many times in the Casablanca room, and the room itself received its name because of the restaurant's role in the Humphrey Bogart classic film. You guessed it. Casablanca, of course. Unconnected to Casablanca or Bogart, legend has it that during one of the restaurant's previous incarnations, a group of local mobsters were having a dinner party in that room when one of the guests opened, fired, and murdered another guest in front of the other diners. Not wanting to spoil a good time, the victim's bloody body was dragged into a back room. (laughs) I need to start recording our episodes because Bryce's face is priceless. I just think like I want to shake people and be like, do you want to get haunted? Because this is how you get haunted. (laughs) So (laughs) the body was dragged into a back room and the dinner party... Stop. Continue no. leisurely into the night as if nothing had happened. Oh it's my like, God. Carry on. It is said that although the body was removed, his spirit has never left. Maybe. Yeah. Y'all kept partying <laughs> while I died. I would haunt the hell out of them. I'd be like, oh no. You are never going to have rest. <laughs> You're never going to make it to desserts, bitch. Never. Right? You couldn't even stop the dinner party. Mm, Rude. Mm-hmm. I'm going to mess up your order. Watch, oh. watch, watch, watch. I'm going to mix up that order in oh, the back Are kitchen. you allergic to shellfish? Oh, <laughs> girl. Now, maybe eternally reliving those last and the suspecting moments before death, people have seen a man dressed in what looks like a 1930s suit. Damn. Looking like a mobster. But it's true. Back in the day, you know, you had the mob controlling everything in L.A. And still, I think. Still, yeah. It's but fine. not as bad as before. Sure. You know? Yeah, totally. I mean, if they killed someone and you said something, it's like, you want to be the next victim? Let's go ahead and do it. Uh-huh. You know, people are like, okay, I'm going to continue with my chicken. Uh, Pass mm-hmm. the breadsticks now. Nothing comforts your grief like a breadstick. Breadstick that's, and wine. There you go. That's science. <laughs> now, in addition to the mob hit manifestation, employees of the Cat and Fiddle claim that after hours, when the patrons have left, they hear the distinctive sound of a set of keys jingling in the restaurant. Ew. And yet, upon exploration, can never find the source of this phantom sound. Those that knew the beloved former owner, Kim Gardner, an unsung rock musician, artist of the British Invasion. Damn. Before his passing in October of 2001, believe it is his spirit still keeping an eye on the successful tavern that he helped create. Or maybe in death like the other ghost and like the Cat and Fiddle's clientele, he just enjoys hanging out and listening to one of the best jukeboxes in the city. Yes, they did have one phenomenal jukebox in that place. And it's one of the greatest landmarks of old Hollywood, which is now a bougie place. Sure, they all are. Yeah, with overpriced plates of food. So there you have it. Those are some of the of some of Hollywood's and downtown LA's haunted bars. I'm wasted. <laughs> there are more. Trust me that we will cover in the yes. future episode a part two because there are a few in WeHo. Love. There's a few in Santa Monica and Malibu that are pretty scary as fuck. Oof. So we'll definitely do a part two on that. And um, we're going to take this to a close now. We Yay. hope that you guys enjoyed the tour. Stick around and, you know, just having spirits with the spirits. Spirits with the spirits. Spirits with spirits. You know, after a few, you just don't know who's a spirit or who's not Ugh, a spirit. That's right? so real, though. Mm-hmm. 
Now, guys, we wanted to give a quick shout out to our spiritual bays of the week. First off, we want to give a nice shout out to the Haunting of Sunshine Girl, Paige Hi. McKenzie. She is the brainchild of the YouTube series, The Haunting of Sunshine Girl, that was turned into a series of very successful books. And she's coming out with a new, uh, I think a new series called I think it's like Bitch Witch, but it's like Bee Witch in 2020 from Freeform Books. We are currently working with her on a little promo collab Hi. with her merch. So she has a little store on Etsy called the Homebody Guild. So keep your eyes peeled for that. She also gave us a huge shout out on Twitter and we just adore the hell out of her. So thank you so much, Paige McKenzie. Second is the Hidden Staircase. Hi. It's a bi-weekly podcast about true crime and the mysterious, bizarre, and creepy host samantha keeps you on the edge of your seat with these dark cases give it a listen if you dare guys i daren't <laughs> now if you love hollywood paranormal we'd love for you to subscribe rate and give us a nice sweet little review on itunes it really helps us mm -hmm. out a lot it helps us become a little more visible can't get enough of hollywood paranormal then stalk us on instagram and facebook at hollywood paranormal and twitter at hwp podcast have a story that you're dying to share with us, no pun intended, or have thoughts, then email us at hollywearparanormal at gmail.com. Yes. Catch up with our past episodes on Blueberry, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Player FM, and wherever you get your podcast fix. Love it. All right, guys. Till next time. Bye. 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 Thank you.